Good morning, if you're listening to this in the morning. Good afternoon, if you're listening to it in evening time. But I'm recording it in morning time, so it's good morning. It's a Dan Clarkson podcast. No introductions, we know the drill. It's going to be a quickie today. Right, over the weekend, I saw some amazing kayaking footage, and it is amazing. Of Dan Jackson running the green in sub four minutes at the green race. The video was entitled Goat, Greatest of All Time. I think it's some sort of youth speak, isn't it? Goat, Greatest of All Time. Post it on social media and then people chipped in. Is Dana Goat? No, is Dana Goat? What does it mean to be Goat? What does that sort of Greatest of All Time mean? Those people like Corrin chipping in. Clay chipping in. People that know Dane really well. Chipping in saying, you know, he's best paddler of maybe ever. Definitely of his generation. But it got me thinking. How do we, as a culture of whitewater kayakers, quantify greatness in this arena? There is no doubt that a paddler like Dane is amazingly skilled, gifted, boundary pushing. There's no doubt about that at all. There is no doubt that in the categories of freestyle, K1C1, he's unsurpassed. Expedition kayaking. Rondu Gorge, Pakistan. Joy laps on the Stakeen. You know, these are amazing feats. Down River Race, Whitewater Down River Race, like at the Green. These are unsurpassed. These are things of magic. No dispute there whatsoever. But, as a culture, we have categorised subsections of our sport. We have the Olympic disciplines. And then we have the sort of, what I'm going to call joy disciplines, that are not seen as Olympic, but they still have competition aspects. The, the green race, freestyle. Freestyle should be in the Olympics, I have no doubt about that. You know. Uh, and then we've got, Recreation whitewater paddling. Now, we could argue, and I'm sure people can, that recreation whitewater paddling and has a subculture of extreme racing and freestyle in it. Not the other way around. Because freestyle and down river racing, like on the green, stems from recreational whitewater paddling. White, recreational whitewater paddling doesn't stem from freestyle. The birth of freestyle and rodeo hot dogging was from laughing at your mates getting beaten in the hole. People didn't run rivers on the back of seeing their mates getting beaten in the hole. Right. But it did get me thinking. And like I say, it's in a quick podcast. It got me really thinking, how do we, uh, how do we sort of quantify this? Because for me, it's really difficult, amazingly difficult, 
to see who is the greatest paddler. You know, Claro, Otty, you know, like amazingly skilled paddlers on a global scale, competitively. But still really niche, still really niche. We have to look all the way back to like 1860s, 1880, uh, John McGregor, Rob Roy. He was like the catalyst for bringing canoeing to the masses as a recreational hobby in Europe and like North America. You know, obviously we can uh, touch on the fact that canoes, small boats had been used in, uh, you know, various parts of the world for fishing and hunting and travel. But, you know, 1800s, Rob Roy, John McGregor, nickname, you know, nickname Rob Roy, uh, popularised it as a sport. Surely, sure, without a doubt, he's the goat of kayaking, like, as a sport, uh, as a pastime. Bringing it into, like, popular imagination. But it's still really bloody niche, isn't it? It's amazingly niche. Now, I am not for a minute trying to discredit anybody. Uh, I'm just, I'm not. We live in this really magical sort of arena now where we can see achievements almost instant instantaneously through social media. And I've touched on this before in podcasts where we've sort of lost the art of storytelling. Uh, and the sort of myth that builds up around campfires about stories that would get passed on. You know, I remember the days where you'd hear a story of a paddler that, have you, have you heard that in this paddler? They've just run this waterfall. And it could have been 18 months prior that the event happened. And then that story sort of moved from campfire to pub to morning coffees to bacon butters before rivers from group to group. And sure, sure, in the telling it got uh, adapted, I'm sure it did. Uh, but we don't have that now. We have really instant access to, to what's happening. And that is fueling, I think, a real like, step up uh, in the way we see kayaking. This weekend I was paddling my topo. And this is relevant. I was paddling my topo this weekend. Uh, now, my topo, I've got a couple of topos. But my topo was like a 2000 model, uh, one of the last ones to be made. But I've also got a really early one. Now, the topo as a boat, as you know, because I'm really into this, uh, was an 80s boat, right? It came out in the 80s, a long time ago. Some of my listeners weren't even born then. Uh, but it came out in the 80s. So the jump from long fiberglass cigar-shaped torpedo things to the topo, which is without a doubt the catalyst for modern creek design, with its full plate footrests and the way its handles sit and its round nose and all that. Uh, only a few years earlier, he had these fiberglass boats, like 13, 14, 15 foot fiberglass boats. And that was not even a generation, that was years. You know, like that boat, is that not a goat? Hmm, I don't know. You know, is the first dedicated slalom boat responsible for the evolution of the sport. It's a real strange terminology we're using, I think, when we say goat. How long have you got to be in the sport? How old have you got to be in the sport 
to be the girl? And these are questions that we could, we should be asking as a culture. I'm going to do another podcast on this later, I think. But we do need to sort of question the way we we phrase things. Because it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, especially when we're talking about sub-disciplines of subcultures within our sport. You know? It's really not difficult. And also, if we ask the general population, I don't think they care. You know? So we have to work out what's really important. Anyway, I'm going to have a coffee now because I've rattled on for 10 minutes. Well, just under 10 minutes. And uh, I'll probably do a podcast on this later, but I wanted to get this short one rattled out now so that we can sort of all process it, really. Because Dane's achievements are insane. Insanely good. I only dream of having half the skill that he's got. Half the panel placement, you know, half the relaxed nature and half the focus. Because, let's be honest, uh, it's got to be focus-driven. Right. Have a cracking day, gang. Speak to you soon.